Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never-Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator-backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24-7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on-demand support to help do that. Each week on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the session today of the Latchel Property Management Podcast. And I'm sorry we're kicking off a bit late here. We had some uh, major technical difficulties. Uh, but you've got Ethan Lieber here, the CEO of Latchel. And I'm here with our guest today, Phil Owens, CEO of Onsite Pros. Onsite Pros is one of the top third party inspection report companies in the space. And today we're going to be talking about the essentials and importance of these reports for property managers. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. And again, for uh, bearing with these technical difficulties. I was with Good. Phil in the uh, pre-show and you went to get some water. And I think by the time you came back, you were all alone. I was gone and you were thinking, <laughs> well, am I going to do the show by myself? <laughs> um, well, Phil, uh, maybe we can kick off with kind of an elevator pitch about on-site pros and your services. Yeah, so we're just a, a third-party property condition company. Uh, we don't use the word inspection. I know that's uh, typical for property managers and investors to use that. We don't use that word uh, for purposes of keeping confusion away for a real estate inspection like a transaction. But mm. uh, basically what we do is we do move in, move out, periodic assessments uh, so that we help to maintain property awareness, uh, to get eyes on the property, to create thorough photo documentation uh, so that you're able to know what's happening at the property and, and how it's performing. Uh, we're not an app. We're boots on the ground that we actually have technicians in the field who go out and do the reports on behalf of property managers and landlords. Okay. Makes sense. And uh, maybe you can kind of outline like what a typical, like a typical relationship you'd have with a property management company. What does that kind of look like? What is it like working with you guys? Yeah. Well, most of our clients are third-party property managers. Uh, that's not universally true. We uh, work with some investors. We work with some individual landlords, but most of our clients are third-party property managers managing properties on behalf of other people. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, so, I mean, essentially uh, we take the role of doing the condition reports off of their plate. Uh, so they send us a report and they say, Hey, I've got a tenant moving in on this date. Can you go get a, a move-in report prior to that? Or I've got a tenant moving out on this date, can you go get a move out report after that? Or, hey, it's you know been six months. Uh, can you go out and and do a walkthrough of this property that the tenant's been in? We want to make sure that they're taking care of the property. You know, whatever the case may be, they let us know where they need us and when they need us. We have a call center that uh, sets up those reports, schedules with the tenant if it's occupied, or you know collects the lockbox information if it's if it's not occupied, if it's vacant, and yeah. uh, routes that and arranges it and and gets us out to the property. 
Well, sounds super efficient. And it mm. is it generally on like a move in or a move out that this happens, or, or are you regularly doing this six month or annual inspections? What, what's like the normal cadence for something like that? Normally, so our typical client, you know, does a move in before a client or before a tenant moves in, uh, six months, you know, at the midway point of the lease, and mm. then just before lease renewal. So if the tenant's renewing, they send us out to do a lease renewal report just to get eyes on the property before they renew them. So they can decide, Hey, do we want to renew? Hey, mm-hmm. is there damage that, you know, maybe we're going to renew them, but Hey, we see we're going to need to raise the rent to cover some of these damages. You know, maybe they're not taking care of the property. So yeah. And, and then obviously if they're moving out, we would go do a, a move out to, to be able to compare the before and after uh, reports uh, for security deposit purposes. But Gotcha. I, I would think that most property managers miss that opportunity to inspect at the renewal to catch like the tenant that may actually be a real risk to like the financial health of that asset. Yeah. And most of our clients are NARPM members, National Association of Residential Property Managers. And that's just mm-hmm. a standard best practice. Uh, so almost all of them are doing twice a year. Uh, some of them only do once a year at the mm-hmm. lease renewal. Uh, you know, a lot of non-NARPA members that that haven't seen the the dangers of of not doing those, uh, they don't do it. But almost all of of uh, NARPA members are doing regular assessments of the property while it's occupied. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe this would be a good time to just kind of outline the different types of like reports that are yeah. kind of best practice. So you have this sure. yeah. maybe twice a year report, like what. I'm curious what that includes and then what other reports are there. Sure. So we, we have a several different types of reports that we do. Um, obviously you got the move in and the move out uh, on the move in and move out. We're trying to capture every square foot of the property uh, with photographs so that you can have a definitive third party document that says, Hey, Mr. Miss tenant, this is what the property looked like when you moved in. This is what it looked like when you moved out. That way there's really no security deposit dispute you got an independent third party that has photo documentation of everything. If they say, well, no, it was like that when I moved in, you can go back and go, well, I've got a picture that shows it wasn't like that when you moved in. And I, you know, we take pictures inside drawers, inside cabinets, the whole nine yards. Uh, so there's, there's really never any dispute over move in and move out security deposit. Um, we do, uh, initial or acquisition reports. Uh, that is when you're taking a property into your portfolio just to set that baseline to make sure that it's up to code for tenant landlord law, uh, to make sure that it's ready to rent and you're not going to put yourself at significant risk. Uh, and to just get a baseline to say, Hey, that way, if it, if you are a third party manager and the owner comes back six months later and goes, how did you let this get this bad? And you're like, no, no, it was like that. When I started managing it, you need to talk to your previous property manager. It just establishes that baseline for you. But, uh, then we do the periodic report, uh, which is, uh, usually at either the three or the six month, Uh, where you're just getting out and looking at it and going, hey, how is this tenant caring for the property? Um, Are they doing the things they're supposed to do, not doing the things that they're not supposed to do? And are there any, you know, undiscovered maintenance items or unreported maintenance items that we can catch when they're this big before they become huge problems that that are going to be an issue later? Um, So on all of those, uh, you know, we're testing the smoke alarms. Uh, we actually carry smoke in a can and spray the alarms to, cool. to simulate a smoke emergency. Because uh, pushing the button, all that does is is test the battery and the horn. It doesn't actually indicate that the sensor is working. So we actually cool. test the alarms with smoke in a can. We take them down and look at the back of the alarm 
uh, and take a picture of it to show that it's not outdated. It's not a, it's not expired. Uh, a 10 year old alarm is considered expired and has a greater than 30% chance of failure in a smoke emergency. Wow. Um, so we make sure that your, your smoke alarms aren't expired and that they're in place where they're required by code. You know, each state has, has different requirements where you should have, uh, smoke alarms for, uh, rental properties. Uh, so we're making sure that they're where they're supposed to be. Are they working? Are they in date? We're checking the air filter, documenting the condition of it, making sure the tenant's actually changing that because that can be a really expensive maintenance issue uh, yeah. if if they aren't. Uh, so all those kind of things, you know, uh, just just making sure the tenant's caring for it and making sure that everything's still working the way it's supposed to. It sounds like a lot of, uh, you know, the reasons why a property manager should do these and do them in the, in the professional way you're talking about with as much like eye for detail as you're talking about is really like limiting that risk and liability. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really the, the, the periodic and lease renewal reports, uh, it really is risk management and it is, uh, proactive maintenance. You know, it's Ooh. looking for things that, uh, for instance, if we see a, a brown spot on a ceiling, well, the tenant may or may not have noticed that. And even if they noticed it, they're not going to report it until it starts to sag. And you know, now it's a huge problem. And you got a mold remediation issue because you got to replace the insulation in the attic, which is now soaked because there was a small little leak in the, in the shingles. Yeah. You know? So we look for those things and we try to catch them. So it really is a financial thing that you're looking to, to do preventative maintenance. You're looking to make sure, you know, cause you don't want to spend $3,000 because the tenant didn't change the air filter. You know, you right. want to, you want to get out there every six months and make sure if all you do is get the tenant to change the air filter every six months, it's worth it to get somebody out there, whether it's yourself or a third party, yeah. it's worth it to get somebody on the property every six months. Yeah. I mean, you have like services to like second nature, right? Which deliver those filters, but then they exactly. don't send, they don't send someone there to make sure that the tenant actually replaced the filter. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's, right. that's one of the things that, that we do is uh, we actually carry spare filters uh, and we work really well with the second nature program. Uh, so, uh, if we get out there and we find a stack of second nature filters, uh, which I will tell you second nature makes a huge difference. And the number of, of dirty filters we find when you're using a program like second nature versus the number that we find when you're not, it's remarkable. I mean, it makes a huge difference, but yeah. second nature can't make the tenant change the filter. So what we do is we carry spare filters, uh, and we carry cut to fit so that when we find a dirty filter, we change it. And we charge the property manager $30, uh, which sounds like an exorbitant amount. And it is. Uh, and then the property managers usually upcharge that to the tenant because the sure. goal is to create pain and go, hey, look, I could have saved you this 50 or $75. But all you had to do was take that na that second nature filter and put it in and you didn't do it. You know, yeah. so it's 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 amazing the kind of value of having teeth to a program like that, you know. Yeah. The, the other one I heard there that I, I'd imagine a lot of people miss, but it's incredibly important. And I, I have, I actually rarely hear anyone talk about this until you mentioned it, which is when you bring in new portfolio of properties, you know, you don't know what kind of baggage, right. That property's coming in with from whatever previous manager, maybe it was a DIY landlord, but that doing the inspection at that point protects you from them coming back later and saying, well, look at all this these problems like these happened when you took over that's because right. you have all yeah. the proof. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. just never heard, heard that before. And it seems like there's all these best practices mm. that help protect 
the property manager uh, mm. that they may not know about. Um, yeah. Well, and beyond that, with the acquisition reports, you know, one of the great values of that, Ethan, is if we go out to a property and we say, hey, for instance, in Texas, you know, every external door has to have a keyless entry, uh, you know, a deadbolt that doesn't have a key access on the outside and, and has to have either a window or a peephole. Mm. Uh, and then you have to have smoke alarms in certain places. So if our report comes back and says, hey, this house is not ready to rent because it doesn't meet property code or Texas landlord law. Um, and then you go to the owner as a property manager and say, hey, we need to remedy these things. And the owner goes, eh, I don't want to spend money on that. You yeah. go, eh, I don't want to manage your property. Like that's right. a pretty good indication. That's not a landlord you want to do business with. You know, so it, it establishes that baseline to go, hey, look, I'm putting my broker license on the line uh, when I'm managing your property. You will keep it up to code. I'm not, I'm not going to allow you to do that. So it kind of gives you an early indicator of what it's going to be like to work with that person. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm curious, how much uh, do you do for that acquisition report to make sure like that property manager is protected? I'm, I'm guessing there are going to be many folks that aren't doing these acquisition reports um, or they might be doing them on their own, but they don't know everything you know about the requirements of like, you know, how much space between detectors and all this stuff. Right. Maybe... We'll dig into the other ones in a bit because I, I do want to backtrack a little bit after this. But uh, what are the types of things in those acquisition reports that you highlight that that they need to really know? Yeah, so you know the biggest thing is is code compliance, uh, property property code compliance, tenant landlord law. You know, do you have smoke alarms where they're supposed to be? Are they functional? Do you have CO alarms where they're supposed to be? Are they functional? Are you in compliance with tenant landlord law? Uh, we also look for uh, insurance risks. You know, are there right. are there trip hazards? Are there you know? And we're not going to be able to tell you every insurance risk that could possibly exist, but we're looking at it with a very different eye than most people. You know, we try to yeah. think like an insurance agent, like a lawyer, like a landlord. You know, we we look at it and go, hey, what do we need to know if we're thinking from this perspective? Um, and so we're looking for potential insurance risks. We're looking for property code uh, issues. Uh, again, as much as anything, we're just documenting every square foot of the property so that you've got the baseline. So you can look back and say, at this point in time, this is the condition of the property. Uh, so that you kind of have that historical mm. timeline that you can, you can show how it's changed over time. Okay. That makes sense. Well, let's like backtrack here. Cause mm. if I was, if I was a, a listener of the podcast right now, I'm thinking, well, geez, like, Phil seems Phil obviously knows inspections and and uh, acquisition reports, periodic reports, but it also sounds like Phil's really smart on just property management and best practices. G give us an idea of like your background. How did you how did you get into property management, and then how did you even get into being the CEO of Onsite Pros? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it, it was a very clear path for me, Ethan. I studied philosophy in college, which is a direct pathway uh, to property management. That, that's kind of what 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 leads you there, I think. Uh, of uh, course, <laughs> like the Socratic dialogue is how you that's build exactly your reports, right? right? That's exactly right. So, no, um, so actually, I had not been involved in property management until about uh, eight years ago. And uh, a good friend of mine in San Antonio, Texas, a guy named James Alderson, uh, who is a property manager there in San Antonio, he started on-site pros. And he introduced me to the concept. And I was moving from Texas back to East Tennessee. 
uh, good old Rocky Top. And, uh, and he said, hey, I've got this concept. We've got it active in Texas. We'd like to expand it uh, further across the country. And so he and I partnered together to that end. Uh, he, about a year and a half ago, uh, went into a, a semi-retirement uh, mm. so that he could get an RV and, and go spend time with the grandkids. And that's, that's when I stepped into the CEO role. I've been the COO for about five years now. But, uh, you know, so much of, of my knowledge of property management just comes from, you know, I go to nine, 10 conferences a year and I sit in on the sessions and learn all the things. I listen to the podcasts and uh, in the, the mastermind groups and all that stuff. Like you just eat, drink and breathe it. Yeah. Uh, and and sitting down having conversations and drinks with with property managers and hearing their stories and knowing what they deal with, uh, it, it's an immersive culture and it's uh, it's it's just a neat group of people and and you just kind of dive in and learn the learn the game. I think too, in a way, you uh, you know, property management. There's so much to it. There's so much to mm -hmm. unpack. And if you're actually doing the property management, you, you really have to like unpack and manage it all, every component yourself. Right. And you need to, you know, you need to understand maintenance. You need to understand leasing. You need to understand uh, the periodic reports and acquisition reports and, and all this. Um, and, you know, obviously with a podcast like this podcast, it's about how can we pull from you this really great knowledge on the reports, you know, to, to help property managers learn. Um mm. But you, you're living, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you, you, you focus on the reporting aspect, the periodic reports, the acquisition reports, like the move in, move out reports. But just by being in the property management space, you need to learn all, this other, all these other components just to be able to know what the property manager really needs on the reporting side, right? right. So all these things. Well, and that's of, the thing is, is what we do touches so many elements of, of the, the, the property management space. Uh, so like we really have to kind of be not just experts on, we're not just photographers, you know, we, we have to really understand the space that we operate in. Uh, otherwise we're not really helpful in what we do. So we we've had to really dive in and, and learn and understand. And, you know, we were founded by a property manager for property managers and that's been yeah. our world uh, is, is just being in this space. So. Well, I think too, uh, I think a lot of the listeners to some degree, you're going to say, okay, what can I like learn from Phil right now to do on my own? And I'll do the periodic report myself. I'll do the acquisition report. Mm. Now, obviously, like, you know, there's a lot to learn there. It takes a lot of time to do those. But maybe you could speak to that. What, what's the, the advantage on using a company like Onsite Pros versus doing these things yourself, which I think is probably sort of the conventional conventional way you just drive by you do a quick walk through make some notes yeah but but why why work with like an on-site pros versus you know trying to do these things yourself yeah and, and that's an interesting question you know i mean i actually teach classes uh across the country because we're only in 10 states right now uh mm -hmm. i'm not a mathematician but i think that leaves about 40 uh that we're not in and so there's a lot of folks who don't your have philosophy access. uh your philosophy degrees you know right in action I, here we're I, I'm, I'm well rounded uh ethan i don't uh, know what to tell you uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know it's one of those things where there's a lot of people who don't have access to our service and mm -hmm. so one of our commitments in the industry is we want to raise the bar in the understanding of what people know how to protect themselves. So I actually teach classes that teach people to do what we do on their own, on their own. Uh, you know, so, uh, I spend a lot of time, uh, doing that, uh, just so that they know and understand, uh, how to do it and do it well. Um, 
Now, are there obvious reasons to use a, a third party? There are. And, and uh, one of them is everyone hates doing these. Uh, like ours is not a hard product to sell. Um, we have lines standing at our booths at trade shows going, teach me how to get this off of my plate. Like, how do I get rid of having to do these? I don't like driving to them. I don't like scheduling them with the tenants. I'm tired of showing up at the door, knocking on the door. And before I can say, hi, my name is the tenants lighten into me about a late fee or whatever the case may be, right. you know? Yeah. So we take that element out of it. You know, if a tenant starts yelling at us for something, we go, gosh, I'm really sorry. That sounds awful, but I don't work for the property management company. I'm a third party and I'm just here to document the condition of the property. You'll need to talk to them about this at some other time, but we can kind of diffuse those situations. Mm -hmm. um, but the biggest advantage is we're an independent, neutral, objective party. And whether it comes to dealing with the tenant, uh, you know, because a lot of times you'll have tenants, they say, well, you're just saying that because you don't like me or you're picking on me. Mm -hmm. And they go, well, look, it, it's not about us and you. This is a neutral third party who observed this. I'm just bringing it to your attention and saying it needs to be remedied. Um, mm -hmm. Or specifically, you know, in the event of it coming in front of a judge, uh, you know, we had a, a guy in Texas who said, uh, he said, man, I remember the first time that that I ever used an on-site prose report in court. Uh, I introduced it and the judge looked at it and said, okay, so this is the move in and this is the move out. And these were both done by an independent third party. And he said, yes, your honor, and swung the gavel and said, case dismiss. And he said, well, just like that, like it's that easy. And the judge said, I, I don't know what there is to argue about. You've got photographic evidence. It was performed by a third party, you know. Um, I don't know if you know Harry Heist, uh, the real estate lawyer in, in Florida, yeah. you know, Harry, Yeah, yeah of uh, course. he, uh, he stood up at one of his seminars one time and he said, you know, I see on-site pros is here. He said, you know, I've never lost a case where an on-site pros report was involved. And he said, the reason I've never lost a case, I've never been to court with a case where an on-site pros report was involved. He said, because the minute that I get a letter from a lawyer saying, Hey, we dispute the dispute, the security deposit, you know, whatever. And this is why he mm. said, I send them back the move in and the move out and go, Hey, by the way, we had a third party do this. This is an independent neutral. Here's the pictures. Tell me exactly what it is you're disputing. He said, I never even get an email back. He said, it just goes away. Yeah. So wow. having an independent third party, uh, really, even if you can do a great job as a, as a property owner or as a property manager, having a third party adds a, a layer of credibility and of independence to it that you can't falsify. Uh, you, you can't be third party no matter how good you are. So how much of this is that it's a third party versus that onsite pros is really good at doing the reporting. It's both. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a matter of, we've been doing this for 10 years. We've been listening to, to clients, uh, for 10 years and partnering together with people like Harry, Harry and I have regular conversations where I go, Hey, what kinds of cases are you seeing? What do I need to be aware of? How do we protect our clients? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we ask those questions and we are really good at what we're doing. Uh, and and I, I, I don't mean to sound braggadocious in saying that, but we, we take it very seriously and we work hard to get good at what we're doing. Uh, so it's both, you know, I mean, there's, there's value in it being third party and there's value in excellence. And uh, we, we really strive hard towards that end. I'm also kind of curious, you, you talked about, uh, you teach these classes so that w if you're not in the state, you're kind of providing resources for folks mm. to learn how to do this. Um, my guess is you probably do these classes too in the states you're working in. And I'm curious how often after listening to these classes on how to do these reports, do people just say, 
Yeah, okay. We're, I, I don't want to do that myself. On-site pros, you do that for me. Ethan, you're, you're giving up my business growth strategy, and uh, you're not supposed to expose my playbook uh, oh, no. like that. But uh, pull, no, pull, I mean, honestly, behind the curtain. <laughs> that's right. Honestly, it is. It's, it's one of those things that when people come to, to one of our classes and they sit and they listen at all the things that they should be doing, and it's not fluff. I mean, there's a reason that we do every single thing that we do. And when they sit and listen to it and they go, oh my gosh, I'm exposing myself and my owners to risk by not doing that. And I don't have the time, I don't have the desire, and I don't have the, the expertise to do what they're doing. I would rather just, you know, farm that out and let them do it. You know, honestly, the biggest thing that that we have to do, uh, Ethan, to grow our business, it, it has nothing to do with convincing people that they want to use a third party. Almost everybody we talk to wants to use a third party. It's yeah. teaching them to get it paid for in their business. It's teaching them Ooh. to be able to work it into the lease agreement or their management agreement so that it doesn't come out of their bottom line. Because almost none of our customers are paying a penny. Many of them profit uh, from, from utilizing our service. Gotcha. So it's really just teaching them how to work it into their lease and management agreement. Um, because and is it typically, it. yeah, of course. Is it typically the, the owner of the property that pays those fees by the management agreement? You know, that has been changing over time. Uh, so it's been an interesting evolution. Uh, when we started, it was the property manager paying for it. They were paying for it out of pocket. Right. Uh, and this has all been driven by very smart property managers. We haven't come up with any of this. They have, but they, mm. they, people have come back to us and said, hey, let me tell you how I'm doing this in my business. And so it went from the management company paying to they started working into their management agreements and owners paying mm. to now it's evolved that most of our clients are actually utilizing their lease agreement and getting the tenants to pay for it um, mm. in some very clever and practical ways uh, that does not cause tension between them and the tenants. Um, mm. But what our clients are kind of telling us now is they go, you know what? I've learned that if if I get an owner who starts to feel like they're being nickel and dimed and they get frustrated and they leave me and they take their 10 properties with them, boy, it's hard for me. I have to do a lot of work to uh, to find another owner to come back and fill that portfolio in. Sure. If I get a tenant who feels like they're being nickel and dimed and they get mad <laughs> and leave, I find another tenant. It's not a big deal. So mm, most of them now are moving towards using it in their lease agreement and allowing the tenant to pay for it and finding ways to make it beneficial for the tenant. Um, and so it, it's become a really interesting kind of evolution of how those are, are being paid for over time. I, let's spend a little bit of extra time here because there's actually a few things I want to unpack and we could probably spend like an entire episode on each of these things. Um, I'll maybe start top down here. And you start. you were talking about sort of part of your marketing strategy is you go to teach people how to do this. And then of course they're like, ah, well, this sounds awesome, but I don't want to do it. You do it. And then it becomes, okay, well, how do we teach you how to, you know, bake it into your agreements and things like that. The first thing I thought was it's a strategy, your strategy to kind of bring people into the fold, teach them. That's sort of a branding exercise, but that can be actually replicated for any of our, our listeners, any property managers, that when you actually meet with a group of, let's say, landlords, and you tell them actually what goes into managing that property effectively, you'd probably be hard-pressed to get any landlord saying, I want to do that myself. <laughs> they say, yeah. this sounds crazy. Right. And uh, you know whether or not that like actually works to get the, these customers fast is a different story. All these things take time. 
but what it made me realize, and I'm curious how, how much um, how much Onsite Pros does here, that if I was a property manager and I could go to property owners, landlords in my sales pitch, say, look at the reports we do. This protects you, protects the value of your property. Mm. That I mean, first off, n- no DIY landlord, n- no landlord thinks they're going to be able to match that. They're going to see it and be blown away. But then I can actually use my partnership with onsite pros to get me more clients. Yeah, that's right. And, and a lot of our clients do that. I mean, that's part of their marketing. We're, we're in their marketing portfolio that they mm. say, Hey, look at the way that we protect you. Uh, and look at the way that, you know, we use the term property awareness, look at the property awareness that we're able to create. Um, and by the way, not only are we able to create this level of property awareness for you, but it shows you how we're doing managing the property. Uh, we want to do this because we want to have a level of transparency. That's why we use a third party, uh, because we want to have a level of transparency because we value that relationship with you. Uh, yeah. So a lot of our clients use that in, in their marketing strategy. And, 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 and they also, um, we discount significantly uh, for property managers versus individual landlords. I mean, you're talking like a $70 difference and we tell them, Hey, in your sales pitch with an individual owner, have them call us and ask for a price. They're going to realize that they get a very big discount by using you as opposed to self-managing. Uh, because we believe in the value of professional property management. I've seen it done so badly, so many times by individual owners, uh, that we really believe in in the concept of third party property management or of you know institutional investors who do it well, whatever. Sure. But the mom and pop landlord who has two to ten properties and whatever, uh, like the whole self management thing, you know, we'll help them. We'll go do jobs for them. We don't really believe in that. We we try to guide them towards a property manager. We we think they're going to be better served in that world. Yeah, I think like with the you know it's. Uh, and th- this isn't to say, uh, you know, uh, DIY landlords are, are dumb, but I'll use the word sophistication. There's a different level of sophistication and that's because of the way the properties are being run, where do you run things like a business? And for most DIY landlords, most you're spending 40 hours probably at a full-time job. That's your business. That's right. And rarely do they bring that level of sort of uh, diligence and operational professionalism to the running of the property, which can make it actually really hard then for companies like Latchel and companies like Onsite Pros. Um, it makes it really hard for us to integrate a service model into mm. something that's not, you know, operating like a kind of turnkey professional business. For when you work with uh, institutional property managers or third party, that's their bread and butter. It's that's how do right. we build good systems, work with vendors like Onsite. Yeah. And beyond that, I mean, you know, the, the individual landlords, uh, it's just like right now, you know, we're in a, we're in a global pandemic. Um, they don't have the resources available to them that professional property managers do. You know, I'm a part yeah. of the mastermind groups and I'm attending the, the, the zoom meetings and the, the conferences where people are going, all right, the world has changed. How are we changing with it? What's our response? What does that look like? It's amazing to me as I engage with property managers across the country, those who are, you know, professional property managers and who are members of professional organizations like NARPM, 
they're having much more success right now because they have relationship, they have access to vendors, not just like Latchel and on-site pros, but to different software systems to different, I mean, like yeah. across the board, um, they've, they've got, you know, all of these things that they have access to because this is what they do. They keep up with codes. They keep up with changes in legislation. They know exactly what needs to be done so that at the end of the day, uh, you don't have issues that you can have the headaches go away because they're professionals. This is what they do for a living. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's just so much more support. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's um, right. Interesting. So yeah, we, uh, we kind of went off track there. We were talking about like the marketing component and how on site and those reports can actually get uh, property managers more clients and it can be an important part of the marketing and sales pitch. Um, let's quickly talk about how property managers can actually cover the costs of services like on-site pros. Mm. Cause there's a couple things that come to mind to me and you, you brought up both of them. I think there's pros and cons probably to each. I, one path would be you bill that property owner. Mm. In some ways that feels, uh, it feels like a good path to me, because you're also reinforcing the value of the management agreement mm. when you bill the owner for that in, in the way that like no one values free service, you know what I mean? And right. when you tell the owner, hey, we're going to do that for you, uh, there's no extra cost. How often does that owner then just in their mind say, oh, well, it must not be a very valuable service right. versus yeah. if you come and you say, hey, this is normally a $250 report, but because you're working with us. Yeah. We, get, we can get it to you for 150 um, right. So that would be one avenue. I'm curious like, if you have any opinions on, on that one before we go to the tenant side. Like, do you think it, it's worse or better off charging the owner? Like, yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you, we have, we have property managers who charge both uh, in different circumstances, different situations. Mm -hmm. um, but, but there definitely is value in, in charging the owner and letting them have – because – it gives them an element of ownership of it where, where you say, Hey, look, this is your house and this is, I'm going to put this in your hands because we want you to have that transparency because mm -hmm. we want, you know, you know, because you need to know what's happening at your property, independent of what I'm just telling you, uh, you know, we're going to have a third party and they can do it better than we can do. And they're going to be objective about it. They're going to take pictures of what is not what they want you to see. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, putting it in their, in their, their court and, you know, we actually have a guarantee for our clients who do use that service and, and, and bill it to their owners that we tell them, hey, if, if ever at any time you send us out to do a report and you bill your owner and they come back and go, hey, uh, I don't like this. I don't want it. I don't want to pay for it. We'll eat the cost of it uh, because it I mean, in our 10 years, uh, I think we've eaten maybe 15 reports uh, ever because once they see it. Yeah, they see the value in the report and in you and your relationship to pros. So, well, why, why, why would a property manager not use you if you're willing to eat that? If the owner doesn't, why the hell wouldn't they use you? Yeah, that's and, and that's a great question, uh, Ethan. Uh, but honestly, the the fact of the matter is, most of the people who aren't using us yet, uh, what it comes down to is, it does take time to change your management agreement. It takes time mm. to change your lease agreement. Property management is a responsive business. And they want to do it. I mean, it's amazing to me. Um, I, I laugh with our sales team and I tell them, hey, you've got the easiest sales job in the whole world. Because <laughs> when you tell them, hey, we do these, we do them well, and you don't have to anymore. 
it's like this enthusiastic, like hugs kind of thank God you exist. Uh, the challenge is actually nurturing that and helping them work it into their lease, helping them work it into their management agreement um, yeah. because they mean to, uh, but then they show up and, you know, 13 things are on fire, sometimes literally, uh, and, and they have, right. to, have to put those things out, right? So uh, it's just a matter of them being able to make it a top priority and get it done um, because, I mean, hey, we're all human and the, the, the tendency is to tread water. Uh, and, and it takes, it takes exertion to start swimming towards shore, but you know, you sit out in the middle of the ocean and tread water, you're not getting any closer to shore. Uh, so uh, it's just yeah. a timing thing. Yeah. Uh, 100% I get that. It's, it's the same for lateral too. the, the blocker often is what are the priorities? Like it, yeah, that's it's exactly. ironic because I'm sure this is similar for you guys. This is what at lateral it comes down to oftentimes, um, not for our concierge services, but it comes down to this oftentimes for the maintenance services. One of the biggest things blocking a company from getting started on our maintenance service is they're so inundated with coordinating their maintenance, <laughs> you know? That's so there's good. this like, that's exactly right. Property yeah. management's a tough business, but you just kind of have to chip yeah. away. You, you do item by item and you just continuously improve. And, you know, a year later, ideally you've, you've done everything you wanted and you're now on shore and it's just, Continue. And everything you do creates space to do the next thing. You know, I mean, if you if you get rid of your maintenance, you you hand that over to Latchel and you you allow them to take it off your plate. Now, the time that you used to to use chasing maintenance, now you got the chance to review your maintenance or your your management agreement or your lease agreement. Now you can implement yeah, on-site exactly. pros. Now the time that you used to spend scheduling with tenants, driving to and from properties, doing reviews and communicating the results back to owners, now that time you have to spend to work on the next thing that you want to implement, you know, your, your second nature, uh, air filter program with your resident benefit package, you know, whatever the yeah. case may be, uh, you know, you, you, or, I mean, and, and here's the big thing. You find time to start selling, to grow your business, to do things that make money because you've got the systems to manage a larger portfolio. Now you, you find a ways to generate that revenue and, and make it exponentially larger. Like you, you create that space in your business when you, when you say, I'm going to do the hard things to, to create that space. And, and when we're talking about, let's touch on, uh, on the revenue piece, because, uh, you know, obviously bringing in more units is going to be a core driver of revenue, but the other lever management companies have, you mentioned, I mean, one of, one of it would be like, how do you make more money from residents? So you've got like resident benefit packages, mm. you can modify leases and you made the point that a lot of management companies, they're, they're finding ways to include on-site pros into that to then make additional revenue during these mm. periodic reports and things like that. C can you maybe touch on some of the ways you've seen property managers in yeah. include those periodic reports? Yeah, well, not just periodics, uh, but move in and move outs. You know, I remember uh, mm. the first time that I had somebody come to me and say, hey, I'm going to start charging my, my tenants for the move-in reports. I was like, that, that's crazy. That'll never work. And she's like, watch me. And now it's ubiquitous. Almost all of our clients across the country are doing it. Hmm. Um, and so, I mean, basically what they're doing on the move in and move outs is they've started implementing an administrative fee, an admin fee at move in. Uh -huh. And, you know, it's one of those things that almost all multifamily does it. Single family has been slower to adopt it, but it's, uh -huh. it's moving more and more in that direction. They charge a fee. It covers the move in and the move out report in that fee now the property manager doesn't have to go do that, uh, and they got all this other equity or all this other bandwidth to do other things. Um, hmm. And so that has been with move in and move outs. Periodics, 
lease renewal fees. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, property managers charge lease renewal fees to owners. Not a lot of them are charging them to uh, tenants, and so mm-hmm. building that in to the tenants package into their lease uh, to charge a lease renewal fee. Uh, one of the the most clever ways of getting it paid for uh, came from a property manager in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and basically what he did is he built it in. He said, look, nationally across the country, about 75% of rental homes, single family, uh, have, have a pet. I mean, that's, that's the majority of everybody's portfolio has a pet in the property. He said, so yeah. what I did is I started building it in and I said, okay, tenant comes to me and says, hey, can I have a pet? Yes, you can. Here are the conditions. One, you're going to use petscreening.com, you know, make sure that it's all, you know, whatever. Two, you're going to pay a pet deposit or uh, a pet fee, uh, you know, pet rent, whatever, however you adjudicate that in your business. And three, you're going to agree to submit to an every six month pet assessment where we can send in a third party company to fully photograph the house so that I can show my owner that your pet is not causing damage at this property. Mm. at your expense. So the tenant pays for that. Not only mm. do they submit to it, they pay for it, but now they have a benefit. They get to have a pet. Uh, and you know, yeah, this has actually smart. been really beneficial for property managers because giving them a path to actually having a pet legally keeps them from going out and saying, well, I'm going to spend 99 bucks and get that ESA certificate on the internet. You know, so you get, to, you give them a path to do it the right way and they can do it the right way. The other thing it does is, you know, you got some landlords who will say, well, no pets at my property. And well, if 75% of, of renters have pets, that leaves a very small pool of tenants uh, that you can choose from. That's going to turn into a very slow turn, uh, putting a, a tenant back in that property. So yeah. when you can look at it and say, okay, Mr. Miss Landlord, what if every six months at no cost to you, I was able to provide a full photo report of your property showing you that the tenant or the, the pet is not doing damage. Would you then allow me to do that? And that can really open up your leasing project very, very quickly. So hmm. uh, that that's some of the ways that, that people have, have built it into their lease with lease renewal fees or, uh, you know, pet pet assessment fees and things like that. And, and you know, the landlord doesn't pay for it. The, the property manager doesn't pay for it. It's done. When you do these, uh, the periodic reports, um, yeah, I, I'm just curious. This is a little, a little off topic, so we won't spend too long here. But I'm just curious when you do the periodic reports, do you end up also looking for things like are there unleased uh, tenants in the unit, like tenants that weren't on the lease? Like, are there 20 toothbrushes like in the bathroom, or do you wow. do that type of thing too? Yeah, that's funny that you say that. That's that's one of the things we look for. We look for the number of cars in the driveway. We look for mm-hmm. you know, hey, is it it's a, it's a three bedroom unit, but all three of those bedrooms have four bunk beds. That's a little odd. We're going to point uh, that out to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if we see six toothbrushes in a bathroom, we're going to go, Hmm, <laughs> you know? So now we don't know how many people are on the lease. Uh, we don't have a copy of the lease and we don't know how but many you'll, residents you'll like there. notate that for the property manager. Right. That's or cool. if we see a dining room, you know, they've put up a temporary wall and converted that to a bedroom or a garage or something yeah. like that. Anything like that, we're going to point out, we're going to mark that as needs attention and go, hey, just just want to call this because the property manager may know about it. They may have authorized it. We don't know. Uh, but we're going to call it to their attention and go, hey, I just wanted you to know there's six be- six, six buck beds in this house. And they go, yeah, yeah, we're good. Or, oh, my gosh, that is not on the lease. <laughs> you know, yeah. So those are all clues that we look for, for sure. When you mentioned the garage, I, I realized you meant 
you know, folks going in and putting bedrooms or beds in the garage. Yeah. When you first said that though, in my head, I had the image of the dining room being converted to a garage with like a, a car <laughs> that they parked in the living room. I'm like, have you ever seen a car in a living room? <laughs> How'd they get no, that in but there? I- I have seen a, a skateboarding half pipe in a basement. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> no it's, way. it's amazing the things wow. that tenants can and will do. And, and those are the kind of insurance risks that if you aren't getting eyes on the property, you're leaving yourself exposed, you know, looking for things like trampolines, swing sets, above ground pools, you know, yeah. those are things that if your insurance provider knew that a tenant had those things, they would drop you immediately. Uh, and so one, those need to be in your lease, you know, saying, Hey, you can't have those things. And two, you got to get eyes on the property to verify that those things aren't at the property. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm kind of curious, like as this, as the industry evolves is like kind of new technology and, and, and all these things are coming in, how has, like, what are the new trends mm-hmm. in, in inspections? Like, what are you seeing out there? how are reports changing? And I'm curious, like, is technology changing this, this game at all? Yeah, it has. And we actually, uh, 10 years ago now, we were the very first ones to design an app. Uh, our, our founder had this vision that said, Hey, why couldn't we do this on an iPad? Um, but since that innovation, you know, there have become tools available to people um, that, you know, through your property management software or standalone apps like Z inspector, um, you know, things like that, that utilizing technology to help you do better assessments has been a huge thing. Um, you know, one of the things that we have seen, uh, here recently as, as COVID-19 has become, you know, more prolific and, and, and has spread, uh, across the country and across the world is, um, there is a, a trend towards tenant self-inspection apps um, mm. where you can put an app in the tenant's hand and have them do their own inspection. Mm. Um, and we actually have some version of that. We designed the product. We, we created the space with an app called My Walkthrough. Um, mm. And it was designed to allow uh, tenants to do their own inventory and condition form, uh, you know, most property managers that move in in some states uh, you're yeah. legally required to let them fill out a form. And we created an app called my walkthrough where the tenant can go through and anything they point out, they have to take a picture to validate it, to, to justify why they were marking something as needs attention. Um, so that if they come back at, at move out and say, well, it was like that when I moved in, you can go, you didn't take a picture <laughs> and say that it was there, you know? Yeah. But that has translated, um, there are now apps that allow tenants to do periodic assessments. Um, and I'll admit, Ethan, when I first, cause we've, we've had people ask us, Hey, will you adapt my walkthrough to do that? And we definitively said no, because when I first heard that, I was like, that's a terrible idea. That's the definition of the Fox guarding the hen house. Um, and I just can't imagine a situation where, you know, a homeowner comes to a landlord to a property manager goes, well, how did you not know that this was happening at the property? And the property manager goes, gosh, I don't know. The tenant didn't say anything about it on their self-inspection. On, on their what? <laughs> their self-inspection? You mean the tenant is inspecting their own house? But the more I've thought about it, I think there is a really valuable space for that. Not in lieu of actually getting professional eyes on the property, be it the property manager's eyes or a third party like on-site pros, yeah. but in addition to it. You know, so mm-hmm. maybe you do your your assessments at six months and 12 months, but maybe at three months, 
uh, you like Z Inspector has a uh, a self inspection app. Maybe at three months, you have a template set up in Z Inspector that just has the tenant go out around and take photos of the smoke alarms to show that they're still where they were when the tenant moved in Ooh. and to verify that they're still working and makes them take a picture of their air filter to show that at least in three months, they've changed it once. Yeah. Makes them take a picture of the front yard and backyard to show that at least they've mowed once in three months. Um, the problem with self-inspection apps is, I mentioned earlier, there are three real purposes of doing these, these periodic assessments to make sure that the tenant is doing what they're supposed to do, to make sure that they're not doing what they're not supposed to do, and to look for unreported maintenance uh, or unidentified maintenance issues. Yeah, A self-inspection can do one of those three things. It can make sure that the tenant is doing what they are supposed to do. But if they want to hide something from you, you're not going to be able to use a tenant self-inspection app to verify that they're not doing things they're not supposed to do. You know, they're going right. to be able to kind of take the pictures in such a way that they can hide it. Put and no all the couches in the closet. <laughs> that's right. Or the freezer, right? That's the <laughs> no, no, well, I hope not the I'm freezer. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, just a joke. Um, but, uh, but no, um, it, you know, and, and beyond that, um, regardless of how good the app is, they're still tenants. They're not trained professional eyes. They're not going to know what things to look for that could pose a risk for insurance or for maintenance or whatever. They're not going to notice those things or be able to identify them. So like this slow value. trip or things like That's that. Right. Right? Or like, yeah. you know, like I said, the, the spot on the ceiling or yeah. anything like that, that a professional property manager or a company like onsite pros, we're going to notice it right off the bat because we've seen it a thousand times we know where that path leads. And so we're yeah. going to see it and alarms are going to start sounding in our head. Tenants going to see it and they've got familiarity blindness. They've been seeing that for the last seven months. They don't even notice right. it anymore. Right. So is there value in the tenant self-inspection apps? Absolutely. Is it a replacement for actually getting professional eyes on the property? No, but that is one of the big trends. And I think there's value in it. I think, I think people should be using those kind of things in their business to supplement what they're doing with their own routine reports. Yeah. It seems to like, uh, there might be some additional perceived benefit on the tenant side. It, okay. I get it. I'm getting, you know, this independent party done the move in, move out the periodic reports, but I have uh, some feeling of control that every, whatever, three months in between, I get to log what's happening and, mm. you know, it gives me a sense of, yeah, okay, I could go check. Well, see, when you do the move-in report, they can check against the move-in report too, That's right. which also gives them a better idea of like, did I do something that I need to fix? And then second, maybe I didn't do anything wrong as the tenant, but it is still my job to report maintenance. That's right. And not let like a leak sit for three months. And this kind of, yeah. it can kind of give them a kick in the butt to, to do yeah. those types of things. Um, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you the, the self-inspection apps I think have, have been particularly valuable during COVID-19 sure. um, because, yeah. you know, there are properties that it, it's not wise for us to be on. If there's, you know, someone who's in a demographic that is particularly vulnerable to COVID-19, they don't need to have maintenance people in their houses. They don't need to have, you know, technicians like ours in their houses. And, you know, now, we have been scheduling about 93% of the jobs. Only about 7% of people are saying, Hey, I'm not comfortable with anybody in my house right now. But man, that 7%, that's a great time to transition and go, Okay, we understand that. You know, don't force it. Don't force the issue. Say, Hey, we understand that. 
Instead, we're going to put this app in your hands. Mm. Here's a link to is the inspector app. Now, is that a replacement for a periodic assessment? No, but a self-inspection is better than no assessment at all, right? Like getting yeah. something from the property is better than getting nothing from the property. And it is not wise uh, to force the issue if they say, hey, we're uncomfortable having somebody in the property because of COVID-19. Get some view of it. So I, I don't want to go down too much down this path because it's mm. not it's not super relevant. I'm just curious. There are going to be tenants that don't do the, I'm not going to do a self-inspection. And mm. I mean, you have tenants that refuse to do all kinds of things that are perfectly reasonable and they're, they're just unreasonable tenants. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, with COVID-19, these types of tenants, they're saying, hey, I don't want anyone in my unit because of COVID-19. They're not willing to do like self-reported things. Like, I mean, what avenues do property managers have for these types of things? Yeah. I mean, can a tenant mandate that you don't enter? I mean, to, because yeah. of COVID-19, like what is the process there? It's a good question uh, because good property managers, and again, this is the difference between a professional property manager and an individual mom and pop landlord that's doing it themselves. A good property manager is going to have in their lease that they have the right to get eyes on the property at least once a year. Most of yeah. them are going to put it in there twice. Uh, and so in that case, if a tenant is refusing you access, well, you can say, okay, well, we're not going to renew the lease. Uh, now they're in violation of their lease and you don't renew them and, and you, you go with it. So yeah. if you've got that in your lease, you say, okay, Hey, listen, we're sending on-site pros out to the property and they go, no, 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 I don't want somebody at my property. You go, okay, no problem. We have an alternative for that. Um, here's Z inspector, or here's what a lot of people are doing, Ethan. Uh, when people push back, they're going, okay, well, we're just going to have a zoom meeting with you and oh, we're going to have yeah. you walk around the property with your phone. And I'm going to tell you what to point it at. And you're going to show me what I want to see at your property, but I'm show me the freezer. What's in the freezer? <laughs> That's right. Is there a meowing from your freezer? That sounded like a meow. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you give them alternatives to say, okay, you don't feel comfortable with that. We understand. Yeah. But I'm going to get eyes on the property one way or another. Uh, and again, this is where a professional property manager has advantages because they know of these alternatives. They've learned from podcasts like this one. Uh, how to respond if a tenant says, hey, I'm not going to come out or I'm not going to let you come out and do that. Uh, they know what to pivot to. But if a tenant refuses access at that point, you go, okay, well, I'm, you know, here are your choices. You're going to let pros or you're going to let us uh, come out or you're going to do a self-inspection. If you choose neither of those, you choose to find another home because I'm not renewing your lease without getting eyes on the property. I have to have that property awareness for my client, right? Yeah, makes sense. Um so we're, we're coming up on time, but I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah. Right, well. uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come, um, I'll combine this one. So uh, you talked about uh, success stories of your clients being able to go into court saying, Hey, look, here we have the two reports. Judge says, cool. This is all I need. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Harry vouches for that, obviously that you send these reports to tenants or, or owners, lawyer, there's nothing, there's no avenue for them. Like you've, you've, you have everything right there. Uh, are there other like success stories that you've had with your customers that you want to share or like any f final kind of thoughts for our listeners? Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and that has been, you know, uh, a beautiful thing um, is, is just being able to hear that, that that's what kind of keeps me going. 
uh, is, is hearing the success stories from our clients. I, I had a, a client in uh, Pensacola, Florida uh, recently, and he said, man, like we started using you guys and all of a sudden we're like 2.0. Uh, he said, like, it just, it, it's a totally different version of ourselves because all the time that we used to spend in the field on the inspections treadmill, uh, now we have that time to grow and manage our business. He said, like, it's completely changed the comp, uh, the, the complexion of our business. Um, I, I talked to a client in Virginia beach, uh, about two weeks ago. And he said, Phil, if you ever need a testimonial, he said, you tell him to call Lee Halyard. And he said, here's what I'll say. Do you remember when you used to have to think about security deposits? man, aren't you glad those days don't have to be around anymore? I mean, like hearing things like that is just so gratifying um, to, to know that it has fixed a problem for our clients. Uh, yeah. You know, when you combine a pros report with a my walkthrough and, and regular, you know, periodic assessments, um, it has solved a, a, a problem in the industry. And, uh, you know, I, I could, could go on and on about the, the different individual stories and successes, uh, you know, of, things of, of finding pets that aren't supposed to be on the property and ways that our, our technicians have found it by, by finding pet waste in the backyard or finding pets in family pictures. Uh, I mean like amazing things like that, that you don't even <laughs> yeah. think about. We don't have to find the pet. Sometimes it's the scratching post or the, the kitty litter box or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but it, it really has, you know, we, we set out our stated mission was to, to change the, the profession of property management. And uh, I believe we've done it. Uh, and there are some things that are coming in the next six months or so that I think you're going to do it again. Uh, but uh, I, it, it has been a, a great thing. And we're, we're growing. We're opening a, a couple of new markets uh, across the company, uh, across the country uh, here in the next few months. And we're, uh, we're trying to get all the places that, uh, that people need us to be. But it's, it's a process. Well, you guys have built something incredible. And I, I love that you're expanding I, I, I can't wait until you're in every market and every property manager in the U.S. can be working with you guys. Um, is, is there any, uh, anything else you'd want to leave with, with our listeners? Yeah, I would just say, you know, whether you're using us or doing it yourselves, uh, make sure, particularly in these times, that you have property awareness, you know, because people are spending more time at home than they've ever spent. There are people who are, you know, combining, you know, I have a neighbor that has 14 people living under his roof right now. Uh, you know, it's amazing how people are coming home from college and uncles and aunts are moving in and, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, people are finding new ways for recreation. Uh, we found a zip line at a property in Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> uh, which was awesome, by the was way. That a, was but that up to code? Not okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's kind of one of those things that's going to be an insurance problem. Uh, so, but whether you use a company like ours or whether you, you know, get out to the properties yourselves, make sure you have property awareness. It's incredibly important that you know what's happening at your properties and that you've got documentation of it. If you're doing it yourself, use an app. Find a way to create documentation so you can show the progression of that property over time. It's going to be important for you and it's going to be important for your landlords, your clients, uh, and it's going to save you a lot of headache and hassle uh, in, in the long run. And so the, the last thing I'll say is uh, when we talked, I think we were talking maybe two months ago, and I was asking you about your pricing. And for everyone listening, this is no joke. Like my mind was blown at how affordable the reporting prices are. Because when we were first talking, I had a number in my head that was like 
probably at least two x like what you actually charge for mm. for property managers because they're also getting crazy good deals compared to like folks coming to you like retail or right. like uh, the DIY landlords. I'm not going to say what the prices were because I think it would be way better uh, for our listeners to go to your site and get a custom quote from you. Tell everyone, you know, how, how can they get in touch? Where should they go to get, get a quote and, and uh, get a sample sure. report? Yeah, it's uh, on site and that's O-N-S-I-G-H-T, uh, like visual site, kind of a play on words, onsite pros, P-R-O-S dot com. And our pricing is actually not published on our site uh, because, you know, for a lot of our clients mark it up uh, when they build it into their lease agreement or to their management agreement. So mm. we don't want it to be public uh, so that if the homeowner or the tenant comes and goes, wait a minute. They're charging you this, but you're charging me that. Hang on now. You know, so a lot of our, our clients actually make it a profit center. So we don't publicly publish pricing uh, for that reason. Uh, we want that to be something that is, is confidential between us and our clients so that they can handle it how they want to. But onsitepros.com is, uh, is where you'll find us. And uh, there's a, a sample move in and a sample periodic assessment uh, on the website in the top right hand corner and uh, ways that you can reach out and, and contact us. And we'll be glad to visit with you. Well, good. So it's not public in this podcast. It's not going to be public on the site. If you want to know, you're going to have to talk to the folks at Onsite Pros. That's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Phil, thank you so much for coming on. This is an awesome episode. A lot of good information for everyone listening. Um, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And for everyone else listening, thank you for tuning in. It was a pleasure having you. Uh, if you're interested in more topics on property management growth, you can also head to propertybrew.co, subscribe to the weekly newsletter where we focus on industry innovations, growth tactics, all kinds of great things for property managers. We also send updates on when the podcast, we're recording this live now, but we'll send you updates in the newsletter on when these go live. Uh, so you can watch them now and in the future. So thanks everyone for joining in. Have a awesome week. And Phil, thank you again. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button. Give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review too if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together, maybe not, but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks everyone. See you back next week.